This is the Lotox Life Podcast. If all the birds could fly right now, as high as me somehow, they could see all the things I've been dreaming of. These wings of mine flutter inside, they shimmy and they glide, breaking forth, crack the shell from this clockwork light. Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 269. My guest is Dr. Joseph Cardillo, and we are talking all about mind-body energy medicine, uh, psychology, and Joseph's work around creating playlists to live your best life. And this is like, think of how humans use uppers and downers like coffee and wine, let's say, and Joseph's PhD work and subsequent work for decades has identified the power of music and particular playlists to enhance or calm, boost or rev up or quieten uh, our days, lives, and everything. And it's fascinating research. And I absolutely loved digging into how he came uh, into it. And you might think, oh, well, yeah, you know, that makes sense. I have different songs for when I want to rev myself up, you know, athletes before competition, etc., rock stars before going on for a gig. Uh, But we go into the science of why, what's happening, and how we can actually use that once we know it, uh, in our everyday life. Uh, Joseph has had a fashion, a fascination with martial arts. We talk about the power of martial arts as well. We talk about adrenal health, productivity, multitasking, uh, morning routines, and so much more. Uh, so it's a really, really fascinating show. I want to thank our major sponsor this year, Oz Climate. Uh, you can head to their website anytime you like this year and get an extra 10% off their already discounted prices. Oz Climate, A-U-S-C-L-I-M-A-T-E.com.au for the best range of dehumidifiers and air filters. Uh, I have one of each uh, and I've tried many brands over the years, but this is certainly where I've landed and have felt that they've been the most effective that I've ever used. The amount of water those little compact dehumidifiers can pull in a jiffy is incredible. So if you ever find your bathroom or laundry spaces too steamy and you really want to make sure you are not letting mold grow, uh, this is absolutely what you need in your life. I want you to head to Oz climate.com.au anytime you want to have a chat uh, with one of their team they're always happy to help with your square meterage and house setup and you get 10% off all year thank you so much guys love working with you and I also want to mention Butcher Crowd. So for those of you who, so many people, in fact, have messaged me since my book came out, Lotox Life Food, uh, the second book, and uh, learned about regenerative agriculture and thought that is the one thing I want to change this year. I want to stop buying from sources where we are extracting more from the land than we give, and I want to start supporting regenerative farmers. Uh, One of the easiest and most cost-effective ways you can do that is through a delivery service 
service like Butcher Crowd, who have plenty of relationships with fantastic farms all over the country. Uh, and they are giving you either a hundred dollars worth of extra meat in your small subscription box for three months. Or if you get the large subscription box, uh, you're getting a hundred and seventy dollars worth of free goodies for your first three months of that subscription. So it's a very, very sweet deal. Uh, I'm very happy to have them on the show uh, and to help you achieve your goals if you are a meat eater. Seafood as well, they have some fantastic sustainable seafood sources. Uh, Then you can choose a small subscription or a large and then you get those varying amounts of extra added goodies. Uh, Your code is LOTOXLIFE. Again, nice and easy. We're using the same code for everything this month and uh, I hope you enjoy Butcher Crowd. Thanks for that. Uh, for, um, and now I'm rambling. <laughs> Sponsors, I'm going to head straight into this fascinating chat with Dr. Joseph Cardillo. I can't wait to see what you think. Hello, Joseph Cardillo. How are you? Pretty good. And you? I am very well, thank you. And I'm very excited for our conversation today. It seems like a beautiful start of the year topic to uh, explore mind-body connection and also to explore uh, focus, attention, how, how productivity looks these days. And I, I actually have some, some ideas about why we might have become so wayward and, and given you've written so extensively and researched so extensively on the topic, I am very sure we're going to learn a lot. So before we hook into uh, the... Um, topic of focus and concentration, you started, your first couple of books were very much on the mind-body connection and energy. And I'd love to unpack what contributed to your fascination with that topic on a personal level uh, in terms of studying it to the point of PhD level. You have to be pretty interested in a in a topic to, uh, to get a PhD. Um, well, you know, I started very young, not on a PhD, <laughs> as an adolescent. I started very young and I was, you know, studying martial arts uh, at, at a very young age. Um, and I, I suppose uh, my, my parents probably thought I needed some discipline. And so they, they thought that might put it in me. Uh, but anyway, you know, truly, I did start very young and and. And, and, you know, I, I, you know, nothing, nothing academic, nothing major, just like any, you know, other teenager, I just wanted to know about martial arts and, Mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, And, you know, but, but there was something about martial arts, particularly then, um, you know, we're talking about the sixties. And so there was something about it that, that made you want to explore a little more again, very shallow. You know, I was just a young guy like anybody else. Um, and there was a university nearby and they had meditation chapels and I couldn't even drive. But I had friends that studied martial arts who were a little older than me, and we would drive out there and just mess around, you know, and, and we said, let's see if we can learn about meditation. So we went out there because it was part of martial arts, but it wasn't anything uh, heady or academic or anything like that. We just wanted to know about meditation. And so I got into it at a very surface level at a very young age um, and learned the physical skills that went along with martial arts and the movement and so on. 
Um, and then, you know, later on, uh, a few decades later, actually, you know, I became very interested in a flow mindset, which in martial arts has been around for thousands of years. Yeah. It's not like something that was just invented, you know, 50 years ago. Yeah, um, for the self-help generation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're talking thousands mm. of years. And, and uh, you know, and so I became interested in the flow mindset. And I looked at, I looked at uh, various things like athletics. Um, you know, you could see an Olympic skier, skiing down a mountainside and just being in a, in just a, oblivious to anything else, but what that, what, what they were doing at that particular moment, doing it well, being completely in the moment, feeling great. And when they're done, feel even greater, you know, and, and that was the interesting takeaway from that mindset that you're in it, you're, everything seems to be good you're not even aware of anything else, but what you're doing. And in fact, you may not even be totally aware of that. Um, you're just kind of doing it. And when you're done, you know, a key hallmark is, is that you don't feel like you did anything laborious. Instead of feeling like you exerted energy, you feel like you gained energy. And so I became really interested in that. And I said, wow, you know, I wonder if there's a way that we can learn how to generate that mindset for other things in life. And so I, I wanted to explore that. And, and I wrote my first book, Be Like Water. Um, and Be Like Water explored that mindset and it explored uh, how to get there you know, through the martial arts and through concepts and philosophies of the martial arts. And what I, what I really was after, I wanted, I wanted um, anybody, whether you practice martial arts a day in your life or not, to be able to find that mindset. And so that's what, that's what got me interested initially. Then uh, I, 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 and as I, as I got older, as you know, a few decades passed, I realized that, that I could transfer that feeling of flow that I was getting through the martial arts, that's where it was coming from, into other things. So, I mean, really simple, mundane things like doing the dishes or, you know, mowing the lawn or things like that, chopping wood. Um, I could transfer the mindset from one activity to the other. And I said, now that's interesting. And I remember the day it happened to me and I said, that's very interesting. I'm going to keep doing this because it felt good to me. And then I tried to teach other people how to do that as well. Um, and then, you know, more time passed and I felt the, fl the flow mindset, but I also felt a, all of a sudden out of nowhere on a piece of athletic equipment that I was using for martial arts, I felt a surge of energy that came up from my core and literally went through my arms and legs and root. And it, it gave me a sense of power and more than a sense of power, it gave me a sense of power that, that I had never experienced before. And this was decades into it. And I said, now that is also interesting. I wonder if I can transfer that. So I became interested in transferring the flow mindset, but also transferring an amplification of the energy 
that I had experienced. And the energy was pure, clean energy. In a sense, it was protective energy. Like you, you couldn't get hurt very easily when you were that energized. And you know, I, I still didn't know where it was coming from, what it was, and so on. I wanted to know more about that. And so I wanted to find out more about that. I did. Um, and I found out also, now that was a very physical kind of energy that was coming from somewhere. And later on, again, years later, I realized that it's possible to transfer energy from very subtle areas. You know, some people call it spiritual, but let's just call it subtle, from very subtle non-physical areas to transfer that energy into the body and transform that energy into physical energy that we understand. Mm. that our body understands and our mind understands. And so if you're doing a physical task, you'll have more of that kind of energy and it'll be clean and very, very powerful because it's coming from somewhere outside of you. Once it comes into you, it transforms into energy. And I wanted to know more about that. And I found out that when that energy transforms, what it, what's happening is it's transforming literally into electrical impulses, and it's transforming into hormonal and chemical changes in your bloodstream that make you feel good and strong and do their thing, you know, on your body and then on your mind. They <laughs> come back, change your mind. So, it, you know, it was a great, it was a great kind of a full circle for me. Um, and at that point, you know, I'd been teaching martial arts for free. Um, you know, I'm an academician. Um, have been my whole life. Um, but, um, you know, I, I taught martial arts for free for the better part of 25 years, because I wanted everybody to experience uh, these things. Um, and so, you know, we created a, a dojo uh, at the State University and, uh, and, and taught students. I mean, that's not my what I do, but, but it was an, a thing on the side, you know, that I did for free for, for nearly 25 years. Wow. And so I know because I feel the same right now that people are out there listening to you talk about this incredible energy and these flow states and we want to know how we do it. <laughs> so I want to unpack things a little bit and go back to you starting to notice the flow state of athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think everyone, I know I have myself, have experienced waves of flow state in at different points in our lives. Maybe it's the start of a relationship, that honeymoon period, or maybe it's uh, when you really zone into a very passionate uh, piece of work that you're working on. And it just feels like you need three hours sleep because you're so impassioned by the topic and sharing and creating um, that nothing's too hard and it all energizes you. And I, that really resonated with me. And I can pinpoint points in my life that I've experienced that. And I'm sure listeners are now thinking, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hearing that. Is there a way to put it on tap? Like, is there a practice where we can actually harness this at will? Yeah, there is, because what we're trying to do and, and, you know, in my book, uh, The 12 Rules of Attention, uh, and also in my book, uh, Body Intelligence, I, I really explore many different ways that we can do this. I mean, mm. there's a lot of ways and we got to find out 
Uh, each person has to find out what works best for them. I mean, yeah. you know, I could sit here and say there's a hundred different things that we could do, mm. but ultimately, ultimately, here's what we're trying to do. Ultimately, we're trying to change the electrochemical activity that's going on in our body. So mm-hmm. when, you, when you feel that physical surge of positivity or negativity, whatever it is, when you feel that surge, what's happening is you're, you're feeling a change in the chemical and the electrical activity of your body. And there are, there are you know, I could tell you a hundred different things, which I do in both books, uh, particularly in the, in the 12 rules of attention. But, you know, I, I, I could tell you a hundred things that you could do to, to change that, but a couple of them, any one of them will do it for you. So what you're trying to do is change that activity and then you're trying to amplify the effect. So you want to change, change the activity. So if it were a pill, you'd be taking the pill. Mm-hmm. If, 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 when you amplify the effect, you'd be taking more milligrams of that pill. Mm-hmm. But instead, you're learning how to take these very natural things like, like imagery or sound or music or rhythm, rhythms or other frequencies, color frequencies and things like that. And you feel a little sense of a buzz, a positive buzz. And you're, 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 you're going to learn how to amplify that. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, it, it doesn't have to be so complicated. For example, you know, who hasn't felt kind of in the doldrums and gone out and taken a walk in the afternoon, say it's a nice sunny afternoon, you know, great day, slight breeze, and you take a walk and you feel better. You feel energized and you feel better. You feel psychologically better as well as physically better. Well, you know, what's happened is, is you've changed, you, you've changed the, the neural activity in your brain. You've changed the electrical impulses. You've changed your blood chemistry. You've, you've probably, if you're out in a nice sunny day, you've reduced, uh, uh, you've reduced the, the neurochemicals that are making you feel, you know, down and, now you feel this surge of energy. Nice. So we can do this on a granular level with everyday small activities and and shift the energy. And then that amounts to probably finding those bigger things in life. Uh, Easier to be energized. Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, if you, if you can, if you can trick your body into producing more serotonin, Mm. uh, serotonin, not only will back off some of the edge of, of adrenaline, which, which will give you anxiety if you have too much. Uh, but not only that, but you need serotonin for higher level cognitive functioning. Mm. And so serotonin will make your mind seem lighter and clearer. And there's various ways you can do that. You can do that with sound. You could do it with imagery. You could do it with getting more and better sleep. Yeah. And so exercise. When we talk about sound and imagery, are there specific things? Is it bio-individual? Like, does the person have to think about what they actually enjoy? You know, like you, yeah. you, you wouldn't want to play a country music track to someone who hates country. That would probably raise their adrenaline and like, I hate this, get it off or vice versa with hip hop. I don't know. Um, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, you know, I, I, I would tell everybody um, if you do one thing. Um, well, let me back backtrack just for a second. Um, 
part of part of being in a flow state is is finding uh, your energetic sweet spot, um, and and what what that is technically, it's 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 the medium. It's 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 being in the middle of a state of calm and alert. So, if you were any more alert, you'd be anxious or stressed. And then you'd start to get scattered and jumpy. If you were any calmer or mellower, you wouldn't have enough energy to, you know, to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. So, and, and again, every task requires a certain amount of energy. So like if you're playing the violin, it would be different than trying to lift 350 pounds and bench press it. Yeah. Um, and it would be different than trying to have a, a good, uh, you know, afternoon with your grandchildren or children or something like that. It just, d- different kinds of energy require, uh, you know, different, different uh, uh, energetic states. Um, so I wanted to say different tasks require different energetic states. Um, so, so, you know, you, you can, you can find, you can find the, the energy that you need write down what I call it is in your energetic sweet spot in between balance, in between calm and alert. Uh, so again, if you were any more calm, you, you, you wouldn't be able to rise to the occasion. If you were any more alert, you'd be too jumpy uh, to do it. So in technical terms, that's what balance is. So if, if people take away one thing from our discussion, uh, what they can do is they should find a, a piece of music or sound um, that for them, calms them down mm-hmm. and they should also find one that brings them up mm. so there's two and 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 put them you know put them on your cell phone so that you've got them and the more you like them the better they work if yeah. you don't like them at all they won't work um now here's the thing um there there's uh there's a term it's it's bpm and what mm-hmm. that means is beats per beats minute, per minute. So anything below a hundred will start to calm you down and you can go all the way down to, you know, 50, 20 beats per minute. And uh, like, uh, for example, take a song like Imagine by John Lennon. That's, that's, that, that comes in depending on the version at about 78 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of on the slower side. Uh, but take a song like Rock This Town by the Stray Cats, and that's coming in over 200 mm. beats per minute. So, you know, you got, you've got that kind of perimeter. Below 100 will start to calm you down, and above 100 will start to bring you up. Mm-hmm. So you can look up. There's, um, there's, a, uh, there's a website. I believe it's, it's bpm.com. Um, and there are several other websites like that where you can go on the website and just type in the name of the song that you're interested in. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. And in a second, it'll give you the BPM and it'll give you the BPM of other versions too. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And, and so here's what you can do. So you can find out if it's under a hundred and how far below a hundred, what you can do, let's say you want to get yourself to sleep. You can arc it downward. So you can go hundred, eighty. 60, 50, 20, and so mm. on. And then let's say you want to jog. 
and you want to get yourself into a nice flowing mindset while you're jogging. Um, or uh, maybe you're, you're getting ready to study for a test or something. Yeah, I was like going to say homework for teenagers, help us. <laughs> yeah. And so you can, you can arc it upward. You can mm-hmm. go, you know, 100, 140, 150. And then when you know you really want to fly, go to 200, 220, and so on. And so you can arc it upward. Um, and especially for athletics and things like that, you can do that. Um, that's just one trick that you can do. And what that does is it changes the electrical activity of your brain. So mm-hmm. it'll change, it'll change your brain waves. So like, let's say you're fatigued, you can, you can change the velocity of your brain waves by arcing that up. And so at the it, same, it sounds like it affects our mitochondria as well. Yeah. At the same time, at the same time, if there's any emotional connection to the piece, which you know, you you want, if you can, if there's any emotional uh, connection to the piece, you're also uh, going to bring in your limbic system, which will change your blood chemistry. So now you're doing two things. Uh, you're increasing the velocity of your brain waves or slowing them down, either one, depending on which way you need to go. And then you can, you can, uh, you can, you can maximize uh, the hormones that you want to change within your, within your physical system. And, and, and so now you have a kind of a double whammy uh, for, for energy. Um, So that, that works very well. Oh, I love this. This is fantastic. And a funny example popped into my head from when I was in my 20s and I had a horrible breakup with someone I'd been with for years. We'd lived together and I was in my apartment. It was dark, uh, but still daylight, but everything was just kind of somber. And I was listening to some really sad song and kind of very down. And a girlfriend knocked on the door and she was like, oh, no, 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 we can't have this because <laughs> it was I had mourned enough. It was that like, OK, we need to change the energy here. And she put on a Ricky Martin song. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it was one of his like really kind of um, upbeat song. Um, oh, I will remember it. And uh, flicked on the light, said, get changed. I'm taking you to a bar. Um, and within the space of 10 minutes, I was hopeful. I was excited. My whole energy changed. Obviously the friend helped with that, but the music, I had switched from one piece of music to the other and it was dramatic. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we can do with that is once you, once you've got, you know, you can have, you can have different files for different things. Like, let's say that, let's say that you need to pay more attention or have more focus for a a meeting you're going to at work. Mm. Um, One thing that you can do is you could have an alert. You can have a, um, uh, you can have a file on your phone and just label it alert. And, and so you're going to take that with you and you're going to, you're going to play it for about, um, uh, five to seven minutes before you go to that meeting. And that'll literally change your physical feelings as you go into that meeting and you'll have more alertness that way. Um, if you need to calm down because you're jumpy before that meeting, you've got a file that says calming file and you can play that. Now it takes longer to calm down than it does actually to get pepped up. So you're going to play that for 10 to 12 minutes. 
before you go into that meeting. And you could play it all the way till you get there if you want. And then, you know, and then enter the meeting in the mindset that you want. So what that's doing is it's forcing you into that mental sweet spot that you need. And, you know, and again, it's, 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 it's putting you in a balanced state. Uh, if you need to go, if you need to bring your energy up, you, you've got a soundtrack that'll do it. If you need to bring the energy down, you've got a soundtrack to do it. Now, if you want to amplify it, I encourage everybody to go out and find a photo that they like and also put that on their cell phone and even put the two together so that you've got the photo with a soundtrack behind it. Now for me, an energizing photo might be a photo of a waterfall or Niagara Falls or something like that. And so I've got this photo of the, of the, of the, um, of the waterfalls and then I'll have a piece of music behind it. So that now I'm changing the frequency of my brainwaves, not only with a visual, but, with sound. Mm -hmm. The nice thing, the nice thing about sound is that, you know, the visual part of our brain back here is the largest part of our brain is in the back. Yeah. And, and so when you, when you use a visual frequency to change your mindset and you combine it with music, music, uh, change music is able to change your brain activity quicker than anything except for scent. However, it's a close second. And the reason that so many of us prefer music or sound is because sound permeates the whole brain. So whereas scent might permeate one center, sound permeates your entire brain. And so you're bringing that higher frequency throughout your entire brain. So it'll, it'll affect everything from the way you move to the way you think, to the way you feel emotionally wow. and so on. So it affects your whole brain. And, and now if you, you know, it's kind of like a smoothie, the music is the smoothie. And then when you start putting images in there and so on, it's like putting in the kale <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that. And you're just sending it through your entire brain and you're amplifying the effect and I can show you ways to, that you could, well, I talk about ways in, in, in my books, particularly the attention book. Um, I talk about ways to not only amplify that effect, but to make it last longer. And you can train it for a, spe for a specific situation. So, you know, I call it situationally specific. Mm. So if you want to have a different mindset when you go to a, a meeting at work, you can condition your mind to switch how it, how it's acting and behaving for you very specifically to that situation. If you want to change the way you wake up in the morning, you can change that. If you want to change the way you come home after a day's work, you can change that. Or when you're working on a project and so on, or, you know, when you're jogging or whatever, you can make it situationally specific. And of course you're going to use different tools. Uh, but, you can train your mind to do it all on its own. Eventually, the stimulus won't be needed. So if I do it long enough and steady enough, when I, when I go to the meeting or when I go out jogging, my brain will make the switch all on its own. Wow, that's amazing. And how did you discover this? Was this part of your research? 
Yeah, we. I did a lot of. I did a lot of research on this with with you know many many different people. I was going to um, say, were people hooked up so that you could see which parts of their brain were lighting up? How, um, how was it done? Yeah, I did. I didn't do that part, but colleagues of mine, we wrote a book um, titled uh, "Your Playlist Can Change Your Life," mm. and 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 they hooked people up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you could and you could. You could see, you could see the, you could see brain waves, the, the velocity of the brain waves, almost as if you had a remote control mm. using sound to just, just change the speed of, of one's brain waves, so that you start to go, you know, you're feeling as though your disposition, your mood, and your energy is going up, and you know, almost like neurofeedback. Fabulous. So, I, I think. Um... I can, I'm already thinking of examples of how this is playing out in my life and I'm sure people are out there as well. And one that just came to mind was meditation. Yeah. Um, and I really love Joe Dispenza's meditation, um, uh, meditations. They're quite long, but the way the power of music is used, I find it really energizing and very easy to get right into the moment and the zone uh, and harness the the presence oh it's very quick but, yeah it's, very, it's quick. very quick and I'm I've always been shocked by it but and understood that I enjoyed the music and that's one of the reasons I feel motivated to do those meditations but I guess I had never really thought about the details until right here having this conversation with you and it makes complete sense yeah, well, the, the core, many of the core features of music are the same core features of the way your brain and mind operate. Mm. And, and so that's why, you know, they match up so well, sound matches. Up. But, you know, but when you think about it, when you think about it, you know, from our very first cells, when we're being constructed, um, sound is a major factor from the very sound and rhythm and so on, you know, as, as, as we're being as we're being birthed, you know, the, the mother's heartbeat, the sound of the placenta, the sound of the blood through the, through the umbilical cord, all this, all this sound and rhythm is something that is in every cell of our being. Mm. And so sound is something the body has learned to respond to from its origins. Yeah. And I know that if I'm shitty doing household stuff, if I put on a good playlist... I'm fine. I'm happy. I, I sing along. I get the work done and I, I don't begrudge it anymore. I actually get into the zone. So everything you're saying makes perfect sense. And I think once we are more aware of it, then we can actually start to tap into the power of that more. Yeah. See, the beauty of it is, is that most of us are, are, are aware of these things in a general sense anyway. Mm, yeah. But so so my exploration into all of this is, okay, so we already know that you can take a walk and make yourself feel good. What can we do to amplify that? Mm. What can we do to make that feel good feeling last longer? What can we do to transfer it to other things that we're going to do later on in the day? What can we do, uh, you know, to, you know, like I said, increase the milligrams of that feeling? Yeah, Absolutely. And it's easy, you know, these things are really not difficult. Mm -hmm. um, okay, can I ask what's on, uh, what is your calm track at the moment? My calm track? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like to listen to, uh, 
I, I like, well, right now I'm listening to Pachelbel's Canon. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. It's a classic. You know, yeah. Right now I'm listening to that. Um, and, uh, and, and I enjoy that. Mm, it's a beautiful piece. Um, I, yeah, that's a great one. I'm now thinking about what I'm going to make my playlist into. I'm like, we've got to wrap this up. I got to go. I got some work to do. Um, I'm excited about this. So you've mentioned productivity a couple of times and attention focus. And I think a lot of people are concerned about or, or feeling a little overwhelmed. These busy modern times, double working families, or just the intensity of raising a family from home and, you know, lots of kids, different activities, lots of stuff happening. And I, I know just doing a regular temperature check with my audience and chatting to my membership that people can easily feel overwhelmed. And you add on top of that the pandemic experience and different views on how people should be playing through this time and that creating a lot of friction in families, on social, you name it, right? Um, and and I'd love to have your thoughts on the moving from reactivity to proactivity in terms of harnessing energy and how we can um, how we can feel more in flow on our busiest of days when we feel a little bit jumbled. What are some practical steps we can take? Well, you know, in, in the twelve rules of attention, one of the things I talk about there is to know ourselves. Mm. To, to get a sense, and, and you can almost chart this, um, and, and I encourage people to, in a sense, either chart it, you know, take, take, take three, four days, even five day, a five-day work week, and, and chart when and where, when you feel most alert, when you feel most in flow, uh, when you feel most positive, Mm. You know, I, it's not like you're going to write five, just, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not feeling that way <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. or, or, you know, uh, you know, on my, I wake up in the morning, I feel frazzled. I get in the car, I drive toward work. I've had three cups of coffee. I, I feel more frazzled. I pull over and get a fourth cup of coffee at a cafe on my way to work. And, you know, I actually had somebody that charted that and she said that she realized that it wasn't the fourth cup of coffee that made her feel where she wanted to be. It was going in the coffee shop that mm. made her feel. So paying close attention to, you know, I call it pay attention to how you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. So she realized that when she entered the coffee house, it wasn't the coffee. When she entered the coffee house, she started to feel that frazzledness going away. And so it wasn't really the caffeine, but it was getting out of the hectic mode of the morning and mm -hmm. taking a break before she went to work. Yeah. And she realized that that's what was doing it. And in fact, she realized by taking a closer look at it, that the additional caffeine was, you know, just going to make her crash. Yeah. You know, and so it's going to have like a negative return on her. So for her, she realized that, you know, supplemental activities before going to work were really what she needed, not the caffeine. And, and so if we, if we pay attention to 
you know, a couple of days, you know, when do I feel my attention is great? When do I feel my, when do I feel really mindful and present? Uh, when do I feel really positive? And then expand it and, and see if you can figure out what it is that's making you feel that way. Mm-hmm. It may not, it may not be what we think mm. it's making us feel that way. And so with the things that are not making us feel great, is that a sign that we shouldn't be doing them? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. And I, I think so. Um, you know, it's a great question uh, because the ultimate answer would be not sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Not sure. Like, could it actually be more about the attitude we're bringing it or could it be yeah, uh, I, I, that we're not doing it quite from the right perspective at that time. Like I'm thinking about, say, a, uh, a person who's not feeling uh, completely excited by their marriage at that point in time. Like that doesn't necessarily mean you have to get divorced, but maybe you're approaching your marriage. Some of the things that we're doing in that marriage aren't bringing us into a, a flow state of enjoying each other quite as much as before or someone who owns a business being a bit disenfranchised by the work they do all of a sudden what's it all for and you know like losing senses of purpose and attachment um to things that we prior had i i agree your your answer not sure is probably correct because probably we right, actually yeah. have to dig deeper into the whys right well one of the things one of the things that you know I really encourage people to look at, and again, this is an attention issue, Mm. um, is that uh, the majority of our day, I mean, as much as 96% of our day is on autopilot. Yes. Now, somebody might say, well, then, you know, we're walking around like zombies or we're drones or things like that. Well, yeah, I mean, you could have that. You could say, <laughs> you could say that to an extent. Um, but, you know, this is a gift of evolution. And mm. one of the reasons we evolved uh, into this uh, ability to be able to do so many things on automatic pilot is so that, so because, you know, we can exhaust our focus, we can exhaust our state of flow and everything. And so we, it, it, the more things that we can do that are positive, on automatic pilot, the better off we are because that gives us more mental headspace for everything else that we're trying to do and that we need to think ourselves through and pay attention to. So for example, you know, who, you know, probably everybody has gone out and taken a drive and all of a sudden you realize, my God, I haven't been paying attention for a half hour. And here I am, you know, where was I? You know, one time I drove from 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 Syracuse, New York, all the way to Albany. It's like almost three hours. And 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 the only thing I remembered was, you know, picking up picking up my receipt at one toll booth and handing it to the to the clerk at the other end. And I and, and when I did that, I said, Oh my God, where was I? I didn't didn't pay attention to any landmarks or anything. But that just goes to show you, you know, how good our automatic pilot is or can be, um, and how little effort it takes to to do that, you know, to, 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 to make that drive. Um, but, you know, that's a pretty common experience for most of us. Uh, or, you know, you go to the grocery store and, and you, there's one item that you want to buy, but you buy everything else and I ha- you're half the way home and you forgot to buy the one thing you went over there to buy in the first place, you know, and that's because it was something different. But 
you know, you went in there, bought the usual things, but didn't buy that one item. So our automatic pilot is kicking in all day, but it kicks in emotionally. It kicks in spiritually. It kicks in physically. All these things happen about 96% of what we think, feel, and do all day long is being done habitually right through our automatic systems. So this is great if you're an athlete and you're, you've perfected a skill and now you don't have to think about it. It's also great if you're a business person or a student and you don't have to think about it anymore. But when it habitually gets us into trouble, it's no good. Because now we're getting into trouble automatically in a millisecond and half the time we don't even know why. And because this is all happening at a very subconscious level. And, and not only don't we know why, but we keep doing it. And, and so we have one bad day after another or one, one bad experience after another. Uh, so one thing that I encourage people to do, and, and I teach how to do that in, in the 12 rules of attention, I, I teach how to do that. One, one of the things that we can pay attention to is those automatic functions that kick in all day long. Identify the ones that we want to regulate and get rid of those. And, and you know, if you just get rid of them, if you don't substitute a better action or feeling or thought or response, just getting rid of them gives you all kinds of new energy and positive feeling because you've gotten rid of a huge negativity in your life. On the other hand, if you can get rid of the negative automatic functions and then insert new behaviors that are targeted more closely to your goals, the way you want to be thinking, the way you want to be feeling, the way you want to be acting and so on, then you've removed the things that are bringing you down and you've inserted positive action, thought and feeling and you're feeling double good now because you've gotten rid of the weight yeah. and the negativity and you've inserted behaviors that reward you. Yeah. And that changes, that changes you physically and mentally and also socially and everything else. Absolutely. And so to break that down to the point at which we are able to start identifying those negative autopilots and removing them, uh, is that about that journaling that you talked about and raising yeah. the awareness of <clears throat> them happening in the first place? Yeah, because once, once you've identified the spots that, yeah, once you've mm -hmm. identified the spots uh, throughout your week where, you know, your, your energy is low, uh, your feelings are negative, uh, your actions aren't, you know, where you want them to be, let's say, um, once you've identified that, then you can look for the, you, you can, you can look for the, you can look for, for the habits or the patterns uh, that you've ingrained that are creating that for you. The way it works is, is that whenever we're in a situation, whatever it is, even now as I, as I speak with you and you speak with me, whenever we're in a situation, our mind in, in very quickly in milliseconds creates a mini version of that mm. situation, like a micro version really quickly. And it sends out scouts 
through right. your brain and 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 they they go through your feelings, your thoughts, your actions, um, your memories of other incidents that are that are close to this one mm-hmm. that you're in. And then they very quickly within milliseconds report back to you. And if you take control of that, you can decide which of those behaviors you're going to allow to kick in automatically. Right. If, you, if you don't take control of it, they'll just kick in automatically. And 96% of our day is automatic mm. response. So, so we're really not in control. Yeah. So it sounds like step one, raise like hyper awareness to the things that you're like, I'm not happy with how this creeps up and I I find I'm in this pattern. Step two is to actually start seeing the triggers, like the little pre-events before those automatic pilot areas in your life. That's right. And and then step three is changing the story, seeing what you want to replace it with. That's right. And, And probably the best tools that we have are exactly what you said, the first tool is to be aware. Mm. And the, the second tool is to be mindful. Mm. And the third tool is attention. And, and then there are a couple of other things that will amplify that for us. So, we, you know, we use these words almost synonymously sometimes. You know, we, we talk about awareness and mindfulness almost as the same thing, you know, and attention and awareness, but they're really not the same thing. Mm. And, and I can explain it for you if you, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Mindfulness, mindfulness is a great, is a great tool. And the way I, ex- I like to explain mindfulness is that most of us on our cell phones uh, use the flashlight on our, on our cell phone. And so when yes. you go to the flashlight, um, you can, there's a, there's a bar where you can make it brighter, 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 brighter. Mm-hmm. And, and you can even make the screen brighter, brighter, brighter. And, you know, so as you, as you increase the bar on that, your, your cell phone or the light gets brighter. Yeah. That's what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is the energy of presence. Cause I can be present, but very dull. I can be here, but very dull. So I can increase and you can learn how to increase that spotlight of attention, just like the spotlight on your phone. You can just raise the bar of the energy of your presence. And that's what I call mindfulness. So I can make it sharper and sharper and sharper to the extent to which, you know, like right now, nobody is thinking of their big toe on their right foot. But after (laughs) I said that, everybody is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you can put your attention right on that toe and then you can sharpen your mindfulness of it. And you can feel the sock below your toe and then you can feel the shoe below the sock and then you can feel the floor below the shoe. And you can make you can increase that energy so that it can become hyper present. And Mm. so mindfulness is that energy bar awareness. um, You know, if, if, if my children are up in their, in, in their bedrooms and I'm downstairs in the living room uh, reading a book, I I, I know they're up there, but I I can't necessarily pay attention to them. They're up there. I'm aware that they're there. Um, And if I'm driving down the, the interstate or if I'm driving down, you know, one of the mountain roads around where I live, there are many hairpin turns and you'll see a sign that says, you know, there's a terrible hairpin turn coming up, but you can't pay attention to it because it's not there yet. So you're aware of it, 
but you can't attend to it yet. So those, those signs that indicate that there's a hairpin turn coming up, what, what they're intended to do is to make us pre-aware. So we can make ourselves pre-aware that something's coming up. And then awareness, if I'm mindful when I'm aware, now my awareness gets sharper and sharper, and we can make it as sharp as we want. Now, here's the thing about awareness. Awareness is as close to magic as you can get a pre-awareness of anything, because what happens is, is that when we're aware of something, particularly before it's going to happen, a pre-awareness, what that does for us is in the, in the myriad of detail that comes at us like a flood, awareness makes us identify the important detail quicker. And otherwise we might even miss it. Yeah. But not only that, but it creates a kind of a, a stickiness in mm. our attention mechanism. So Love we, that. Yeah, we spot the detail and then we glue to it a little longer. So now you're not only going to not miss it, but you're going to stay with it a little longer. So as I'm going into the hairpin turn, I'll pick up the details that preempt me to that, but but I'll also stay with them longer. So I'm more likely to perform well as I go around that turn. Now you could use that uh, for anything. Yeah, absolutely. But so when you make yourself pre-aware, you're increasing the stickiness of your focus and you're also increasing the, the likeliness that you'll find the details that are important to you. Now, how do you do that? Well, if I know there's a situation coming up, you know, 96% of what we do all day long is, is already, you know, preset. It's, you know, we're droning around. Um, but what we can, so we can't really control the whole day. But yeah. if we've got an important situation coming up or something that we need to control, we can try to control that and we can make ourselves pre-aware. And the way we do that is to create a visualization. So we visualize in advance ourselves in that situation and we visualize how we've been performing in that situation. We identify those things that are kicking in that we want to eliminate. And then we replace them with new coordinates that are more likely to get us to our goal. Mm. And is, is that where discipline comes in? Like being committed to having new things kick in because you would have to practice those, correct? That's right. And you, yeah, because if, if you do it just once, it's not going to work. You yeah. know, it, it takes many times to develop a habit in, you know, in, in real time. But if you're doing it mentally, it's the same thing. You know, you, you have to do it you have to do that visualization often before, mm. before the event you're trying to control. Yes. And then what you've accomplished is you've made your, you, you've eliminated, you've eliminated the coordinates that are getting you into a problem. You're, you're replacing them with coordinates that will be closer to your goal, whether it's emotional, social, whatever it is, your goal, whether it's an act, an action. Mm. So you, you've replaced it with coordinates that are closer to your goal. And now you're going to, you're going to make a habit out of those coordinates so that they, now they will become your uh, default 
coordinates and and they will kick in automatically for you. Oh, I love this. This is great. And so what you've done yeah. is you've trained yourself. Like if, if you want to eliminate, let's say that you use certain language at a, at a, at a committee meeting at work and you wish that you didn't. You would identify the language that you want to control, that you want to eliminate. And, and so in your visualization, you can eliminate that language. And these are, the, these are the coordinates that are kicking in habitually for you that you, know, you, you don't want around anymore. Uh, and then you can create new language uh, that you want to insert instead. Um, and then if you, if you practice that in your visualizations, often you'll create a new habit, you'll create new coordinates that will become automatic and take care of the problem for you in real time. That's fantastic. And I just feel like we could apply that to so many different bits of life that, um, you know, that, yeah, yeah, around motivation, around connection, around habits. It's really yeah. very flexible as yeah. a blueprint. Yeah. 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 And so to synopsize that, what you need to do is you need to first become aware, then make yourself pre you make, you make yourself aware by reflecting mm. on it. Um, you, you can make yourself pre aware in the visualization of how to eliminate and how to make the edits and changes that you want. And then you practice that until it becomes a habit in your mind. And then that habit will exhibit itself in real life. Uh, because again, what's happening is, is when your when your mind creates that micro situation that you're in and sends out the scouts. When the scouts come back, they'll they'll be reporting these particular coordinates as dominant, and and they'll be the ones that are closest to your goal. Wow, fantastic! I feel like we've gotten so many nuggets of wisdom in this short hour together. Thank you so much, Joseph, for your work, your incredible books, uh, and, uh, and your practical way of explaining how we can literally produce little uppers and downers, habit changes, um, and, and circuit breakers uh, to create new circuits, positive circuits, to help us get closer to our goals. It's, it's what everyone deserves and wants in life and and to have people such as yourself helping us get there is um a real uh a real joy so thank you for joining me on the show today i feel like i could have talked to you for hours um but that might just mean we need a part two sometime next year (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks so much thank you very much Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I want to remind you that you can come join me on social on Instagram at lowtoxlife or one word or my personal Instagram uh, at underscore Alex with two X's, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. On Facebook, you can find us at lowtoxlife. Uh, and of course, lowtoxlife.com. And if you want additional support and community around leading a low-tox life, I can't recommend a better thing to do than to come join us at the Low Tox Club for just $49 Australian per year, which is about $29.30 US, about €27 and about £25. You get a stack of club member perks 
and the benefit of a beautiful private Facebook community. So check out the website, lowtoxlife.com, hit the explore tab and you'll see join the Lotox Club as your very first option there. I hope to see you in there. If not, I will see you in our wider community sometime soon. Thanks again for tuning in.